Husker Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco Realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. Hi, Brenton. Hey, Matt. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Good. We have uh, a sensitive topic to talk about today, which is that our city, which espouses to be the city of brotherly love and compassion and caring for the underdog and all of those other San Francisco values, our past doesn't quite live up to our ideals sometimes. Sometimes not. So, for example, if we were to start out at where the Sutro Baths were, out at Land's End, on the far west side of the city. Northwest corner of the city, if anyone's taking notes. And we were to go back in time, back to 1898, black people were allowed to go to the Sutro Baths as observers, but they were not allowed to go in the water. The owner or superintendent of the pools said that if black people were allowed in the water, the white people would no longer go in. And there was a man named John Harris who bought a ticket and he wanted to go in the water and he was denied the right to go in the water and he sued. And the only objection that Sutro had was that white patrons would object and he lost. Sutro did. That's John Harris, the black man, won. That's right. He won, but it was kind of actually a hollow victory. The jury gave him the minimum penalty. There were two violations. He was denied entrance to the water twice, and he was awarded the minimum penalty of $50 for each of the two violations. And at that time, a verdict had to be over $300. Otherwise, the plaintiff had to pay the cost of the trial. So while Mr. Harris... I mean, strike one for the good guy. He came out morally ahead and probably broke even, if not lost a few dollars. Probably. All right. Wow. So let's head east. Uh, We'll head downtown to, not downtown, but approaching downtown in uh, the Civic Center. There's been a statue there that's been in the news lately. Yeah, the statue's called Early Days, and it has been deemed offensive by many people for many years, and it was finally removed just in the last few months. Overnight, early one morning, it was taken out and put into storage, and this statue has a Catholic priest and a Spanish cowboy standing over a Native American man who is, he's fallen over, and so he's being dominated by the Catholics and the Spanish. Not such a good look. Yeah, not exactly a multicultural welcoming statue. No. So we're down here at Civic Center, where there is no longer the early days statue. And I'm gazing across the plaza to our gorgeous city hall. Surely everyone who's been perhaps mayor has been a great, virtuous San Francisco citizen. Well, one would think. But apparently I'm wrong. Well, just for one example, again, recently in the news, um, there's a street in the Sunnyside District called Phelan, or Phelan, I've I've heard... How you feeling? (laughs) Named for James Phelan, whose son, also named James Phelan, was actually, his son was actually much better known. His son was the mayor, and he... From like 1897 to like 1902, right before the Great Quake. 
And Early days. So, and then he ran for Senate, and his slogan was, keep California white. Nice guy. Charming. So, um, even though the street was named for the dad, the son was kind of a racist chump. And, you know, you see Phelan, you think of the more famous one. And so there's been a movement afoot. There was a movement afoot for a long time to rename the street. And as a matter of fact, when I was looking at all of this up, there was an article from the Chronicle from 2000 with Ken Garcia ranting about the supervisor who wanted to rename Phelan Avenue back 19 years ago. That I forget which supervisor it was, but he was just saying, oh, this is political correctness run amok. But 18 years later, it was done. So it was renamed for Frida Kahlo. Who did not run any campaigns on the slogan, keep California white. True story. And in fact, was an incredible artist. Yep. Phenomenal story there. That's not the only street in San Francisco that has had its name changed. So in South Beach, there's a little one block street called Colin P. Kelly. It's uh, between... Brandon and Townsend? Yes. Between Brandon and Townsend, just off near 2nd. And that street used to be called Japan Street. But then in World War II, when it was no longer fashionable to have things named after Japan. And not only was it no longer fashionable, it was, you know, a period of active racism. But it was renamed for Colin P. Kelly, who was a World War II pilot who was killed on a bombing run. But before he died, he damaged some Japanese warships. And so it was sort of, let's not just change the name, let's change the name to someone who... Let's change the name with the middle finger. Exactly. <laughs> wow. I did not... I always wanted to know who Colin P. Kelly was. Bomber pilot. South Beach and Sunnyside are not the only two neighborhoods that have had some street names changed. So over in the Excelsior, again, World War Two. Around that time, um, streets that were renamed because of who were our allies and... Access of evil. So there was another Japan street in the Excelsior, and it was renamed Avalon. India street became Peru, and China street became Excelsior street. So... I really like the way India became Peru. Like, I mean, like, just go with the non-controversial South American country. Switzerland. <laughs> they should have just called it Switzerland. Um, you know, and then there's also the, the case of reverse street racism, where people are upset when, you know, I'm thinking of Army and Cesar Chavez. In, you know, Noe Valley along the border of Bernal Heights. I mean, what is now Cesar Chavez Street was once Army. And for years, you could walk down the street and there was, you know, a certain shop that had a cardboard poster in the window. It will be always be Army Street to me. Right. You know, people that were offended that Cesar Chavez was being honored with a street. Correct. Yeah. So. It's not a good one. Um, so there you have it. Not just street names that get renamed, though. Um, I can think of a, a plaza that's been in the news over the years. I bet you're thinking of Embarcadero Plaza, formerly known as Justin Herman Plaza. See, I'm so glad you kept going with the formerly known as, because that's the only thing I've ever known it as. I know. Um, but apparently I'm not supposed to be known about Justin Herman or our attitudes about this gentleman have changed. So who was he? But wait, first of all, before we get to who was he, where is this plaza? So Embarcadero Plaza is at the foot of Market Street. 
It's um, across the street from the ferry building. Used to be separated from the ferry building by a double-decker freeway, the Embarcadero Freeway, but it's... Uh, Great it's, ideas in urban planning. Seriously. <laughs> Let's block the beautiful view. So it's right there uh, outside the Embarcadero office buildings, the, the closest one to the water. And uh, it's on the, the north side of Market Street at Market and Embarcadero where they meet. And it's got a very funky fountain in it, uh, the, the Viancourt Fountain. And fun fact about the fountain, it was put there... To mask the sound of the freeway. <laughs> which is no longer there. Which is no longer there. Thank you, Loma Prieta Earthquake. Uh, very cool fountain. Anyway, uh, back to Embarcadero Plaza that was formerly Justin Herman. Why did we strip Justin Herman of his plaza honors? So Justin Herman was the executive director of the San Francisco Redevelopment Agency from 1959 to 1971. And he is responsible, his policies were responsible for driving multiple tens of thousands of low-income, mainly non-white residents out of the Fillmore, out of Chinatown, out of um, areas of South Market. And the main area where his sort of path of destruction, shall we say, Excuse is, me, I believe the phrase you're looking for was urban renewal. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, probably the most dramatic changes that he made were to the Fillmore area, where it was hundreds of square blocks. 20,000 residents were kicked out and their homes were turned down. And when you go through that area now in the Western Edition, it's block after block after block of low rise, maybe three to four story housing projects. And that used to be beautiful Victorian homes, some of which had obviously fallen into disrepair. They were, the homes were pushing 60, 70 years old by then. Um, Sounds like a young house by today's standards. Seriously. And entire blocks of these old Victorians, hundreds of square blocks of Victorians were just mowed down. And I mean, they used to look like their neighbors to the north and east and west and south, but they're all gone. And so his legacy is no longer, it's not viewed positively because number one, he took homes away from 20,000 people. And number two, he took away, you know, all these San Francisco Victorians that, you know, once they're gone, they're gone. And because the targets of his quote unquote urban renewal were overwhelmingly low income and overwhelmingly non-white He's known as a racist with racist policies. So a couple years ago, the supervisors voted to take his name off of the Embarcadero Plaza. And Embarcadero Plaza, from what I was reading, was supposed to be temporary, temporary name until they could come up with something new. But as of today, March 11th, 2019, it is still Embarcadero Plaza. And this happened in 2017. Good old Mr. Embarcadero. Very non-controversial. Exactly. <laughs> Let's not end on a, a such a, a down note. The history of San Francisco is obviously not all bad. We have a lot of awesome people who have, have been a part of our city over the years. Let's uh, finish off with some shout-outs to some incredible women that are woven into San Francisco history. So, Julia Morgan, famous architect. She finally got her obit in the New York Times. When? Last week. I was on vacation. So, yeah, you know, they're doing this thing of, like, doing obituaries for super accomplished women, people of color, that didn't get obituaries when they died because they were not white guys. 
straight white guys. And the recent one was Julia Morgan's. It was really, it was awesome. I loved reading it. So congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. Incredibly influential Bay Area architect. Another uh, person of our artistic endeavors, uh, Dorothea Lange. So she was probably, everyone listening to this has seen the photograph of the mother with the two small children, black and white, mother looking incredibly stressed out and worried during the Dust Bowl and the Depression. And that picture was taken by Dorothea Lang, 19, I forget the year. 36. 1936. And then one of, she was not born in San Francisco, but Maya Angelou, Everyone knows her, very famous poet. She read a poem at Barack Obama's first inauguration, and or was it Bill Clinton? Um, she was a poet laureate, right? But in addition to being an incredibly accomplished poet, she was the first black female streetcar conductor in San Francisco. She went to the Muni office, and she was only 16 years old, but she said she was 18, and no one would give her a job application, and but she went day after day after day, and finally she got a job application, and she got the job, and she said that she wanted to do it because she liked the uniforms. <laughs> Love her. And so... There I mean, is not yet a statue or a monument to her in San Francisco, but... There should be. There should be. She is the bomb. I believe the Performing Arts Commission has actually put out a call for designs. So. Good. And finally, uh, how about Ruth Asawa? Famous sculptor. Very famous sculptor. She has a school named after her. She has a San Francisco public school, high school. Yep, it's the School of Performing Arts. That's right. Incredibly challenging and competitive school to gain admission to, but the kids who go there are... Very creative. Very creative. They're either in... um, They can be in different fine arts or dramatic arts or writing and yeah, it's public school, but it's very much obviously... yeah. So that's just a very small handful of some of the kick-ass Bay Area women, and uh, we'll have more of these in the future. Sounds awesome. This was a a very eye-opening episode, Britton. I uh, enjoyed doing the research for it. And if you enjoyed listening, I hope you'll leave us a five-star review and tell all your friends about us. See you next time. Escrow Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. Wow.